Hello and welcome to the Birth Stories podcast. I'm your host, Chase. This is a place where women share their unique pregnancy journeys, birth stories and postpartum experiences. We hope to help educate future mothers and allow them to have a safe and positive experience. So since birthing my daughter and becoming a mum, I believe sharing our experiences helps us process them, as well as educates parents-to-be on what may lie ahead. So due to the topics that we're discussing, please do be mindful around little ears. Now on to the show. This week I had the pleasure of speaking to the lovely Natalie. We cover some really heartbreaking topics from unexplained fertility issues to losing her son at 25 weeks and the heartbreak that came with that. We also go over the help that she received to help cope with her PTSD as well as then talking about her twin pregnancy and birth and how she also suffered from ketoacidosis. Thank you so much, Natalie, for sharing. You truly are a superwoman. If loss has affected you, please feel free to skip this episode. And you can also contact Petals Charity. I'll leave their details in the description box. Thank you. Hi, Natalie. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hello. It's nice to finally meet you and talk about everything. Yeah. We were just talking about how you have four children to sort out this morning. So it's been a bit hectic. I've got one and it's hectic. So I can't even imagine. (laughs) It's that time of year where we're all a bit run down. Mm -hmm. We've all got coughs and colds. Yeah. Same in this house. We've got a few grumpy babies. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of snots. I'm just trying to get through it all by not feeling good myself. That's mum's view. Yeah. Absolutely. Bless you. Um, so do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, so I'm Natalie, I'm turned 34 in September, I've got four children. Um, they're five and under. So my eldest is Tayo, he's five. I've got twin girls, Alana and Amaya, they are two. And then I've got a nine-month-old baby, Isla. Gorgeous name. So, thank you. Um, so... Yeah, it's a bit of a madhouse. It's that is crazy um, for children. Yeah, but it's gorgeous. I think it's I think it's the fact that as a, when you're a twin mum, you fully understand how great like the craziness is just wild. I didn't believe it. Yeah, I didn't believe it. Everyone said, "Oh, you're gonna have your hands full," and I was like, mm. "How difficult can it be to one?" Well, I'm a twin, and I always yeah. thought, "Oh yeah. God, it would be hectic." But then when I had my daughter. And I've obviously just one. I thought, I said to my husband, not my husband, future husband, my partner, how the hell um, are you, do we do this with two? Like, I could barely do this yeah. with one. Um, yeah. Are you kind of glad you had one first rather than having twins first, do you think, or not really? Yeah. Um, I think if I'd had twins first, I probably would have called it quit. Um, no because our our little boy he was such a good boy like he was for a first baby he was just an absolute dream like he'd sleep through the night um the only thing I struggled with with him was breastfeeding um but as a first time mum obviously it's difficult I did what I could but he was other than that he was just an absolute dream and then when the girls came they were born early so we were in hospital for like just over two weeks with them because they were in like special baby care 
um so it was like a gentle sort of like wean into it if you like um because they were not being they were sort of being tube fed and stuff so um that was like a gentle sorry <laughs> it was like a gentle midwives around if you needed them. yeah um but to be fair when they were small they were good um we had alana who was and she's the same now she's a little monkey when it comes to bedtime she just refuses to sleep um whereas amaya she's she's always been good bless she's her been fine but now they obviously they've got their own room and they and they're in their sort of big beds so it's a little bit more of um a bit of a chatting and laughing before bed and stuff like that which is hilarious to hear but when you've had a long day you're like just go to bed now girls i don't care how cute please, this yeah. is right <laughs> yeah so um so that was they were fine and yeah i to be fair isla as well she's such a good girl she's she's a really good baby so, so I've been quite lucky, really. So with your first pregnancy then, were you sort of tr- yeah. trying to fall pregnant when you did or was it sort of a surprise? Yeah, so we tried for quite a while, actually. Um, I think we tried for him for about three years, two, three years. Um, and nothing was happening and, you know, it was really disheartening. And yeah, I that's went, really tough. That's a long GPs. time. Yeah. Um, and so I knew that like there could be struggles. Like I know my mum struggled um, to have us guys. Um, but obviously at the time I didn't talk to anyone about it. I just sort of thought, well, I'll go- take myself off to the GP. So they did my blood works and stuff. So they just found out that I had like an underactive thyroid, which I know that can affect your fertility. So I had to sort of like find out what dosage of thyroxine was okay for me um so that takes a few months to sort of sort out and then in my head i just thought i'll take these tablets um and everything will just it'll work itself fine so we went off and did like six months or so where i let these tablets do what they were doing nothing was happening um went back and i got referred because we were living in hertfordshire at the time um, we got referred to St. Albans, like fertility specialist. And I think we waited nearly a year to be seen. Oh it was a, such a long time. And I just, yeah. And at the time, like, I just felt like it was never going to happen for me. And it was almost like a grieving process. I just thought, oh, I just, I just had a bad feeling. So when we finally got our appointment, um, it was very cold, hostile. They weren't really friendly. I feel like I was judged because I'm overweight. And a little bit, I don't know, like obviously my partner's Nigerian. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like that stereo- stereotypical sort of like, oh, the big white girl and the black guy. That's just sort of like how we were made to feel. Mm-hmm. So we had our appointment and... That's awful by the they... way. I'm so sorry that you're made to feel like that. Yeah, no, they just they just went you know, they didn't have that bedside manner, if you will. And it's such a sensitive so, subject. Um, it's really emotive. Yeah. And I think yeah, yeah. it needs to be dealt with really sensitively. Yeah, completely. And because I was already like, my heart was already just, you know. Broken, 100%. Devastated. So they were saying it could be like one of a few things they thought I might have 
um, endometriosis, but um, and PCOS, which I know runs in my family as well. And I know I've I've definitely got it. I've never been told I have it, but I've just got all the symptoms, yeah. and I just I just know. So um, they're like, well, you know, we're not gonna um, investigate you any further because um, you know you're overweight. Um, so even if we do give you your diagnosis, like we're not going to do anything for you because you don't meet the criteria. So you're going to have to go off and basically lose like half my body weight. And he also said to me that like my eggs had aged. Like, so I think I was 20, I want to say I was like 26, 27, maybe 25, 26, I think. Super young. So he was like, yeah, um, but obviously didn't feel it at the time. <laughs> and when he said to me, like, my eggs were the age of, like, a 30... I want to say, like, 34-year-old, I think he said to me. And so he said, come back in, like, two years' time. I just thought, two years' time, I'm not going to have time. Like, I'm supposed to lose all this weight drastically. And I've always done diets throughout my life, and I've always been bigger. And I think because of, like, the, the thyroid and the PCOS, it's just impossible to, like, really lose weight. It's so hard. There's so many people in the same boat in that... They can do yeah. every diet under the sun, yeah. but that's just not their, just how not... their body is built. No, exactly. And unfortunately, like, bigger people are, are just sort of judged for eating loads of rubbish. And that's, that's not no, how it I is at all. Agree. So, you know, you're really judged. Um, Yeah, so um, he said, yeah, you've got unexplained infertility. Um, Your eggs are older than, you know, than they should be. Come back in a couple of years' time. And we'll see what we can do for you. And I was just absolutely devastated. And they also did my partner's, obviously, like, sperm count and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which I knew, I, I knew it would never be him that was the issue. I always knew it would be me. But um, as it was, they got his test results wrong. Um, they phoned us one day when we were out. And they were like, yes, you've got a really low, really low count. Oh. And we were both devastated then. And we thought, oh, my God, like... This it's just like not meant to be. If we're both having problems. So again, you, yeah, harder. you start yeah. grieving, and so we went on with that news for like over a week, and then they phoned us. They phoned him back, and they were like, "We gave you somebody else's test results." Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, he was absolutely fine, which I knew. I always knew he would have been because we were both so shocked. Oh my goodness! You know? So even that in itself, like this, that what that would have done for him. And also, that just makes you d- then not trust them really whatsoever. Like, if yeah. you can get that wrong, then what else are you not mm. looking at properly? And Exactly. And um, so I was sort of like, I felt like um, I was completely disheartened and like, and sort of embarrassed about it. Because like I said, they just see you as a, a big person and whatever. So we came away and I just thought it's never going to happen. I bet there's so much shame and around just, that as well that they make you feel. There really is. There really is. Because, you know... Even if you're just slightly off of like their BMI scale, they just won't look at you. And I've, at the time, I was doing so much research in like plus size pregnancies and stuff like that. And what you'd class as plus size, I wouldn't class as plus mm-hmm. size because like you could be like a size 14 or 16. To me, that's not plus size. Mm-hmm. That's like average. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's just, yeah, it was just wild. So that was literally like a massive grieving journey. Mm. Um, I just thought that's it I'm not going to be a mum and I was almost sort of at that stage in my mind where thinking well I know that my partner really wanted children and I just thought maybe I should just let him go because oh, I can't hold somebody back because you know so um, yeah it was really hard so tough um, yeah um, and then at the time 
oh, what happened? So we were living, yeah, so we were living in Hertfordshire. That was it. I was renting. I had a little flat there. And um, the rent was just going up and up and up and up. I mean, obviously, at the time, we were trying to save for, like, a mortgage. And, you know, like, it's not where we wanted to be. So I took the decision to move back home with my parents. Um, so I left my job there because I was working in childcare at the time. And as much as I loved it, I just loved going there for the firm. The girls, really, the girls were amazing that I worked with. Um, but yeah, so I thought, right, I'm not, my, my wage just wasn't, as much as I was doing, it just wasn't covering everything with everything going up. So I just thought, I'm going to move home, going to start really taking this saving seriously. Yeah, such a great way to save. Um, yeah, so, um, and obviously my partner was going to go back to his family um, and they live in South East London. So we were going to try and do the whole distance thing, which hand on heart, I really didn't think was going to like work. And I think, you know, so I got, I, I ended up moving out, went home to my mum and dad's and it was, all, was it just before Christmas? I think it was. I think we, I think I moved in the October and managed to get another job. So I was, went straight in from one job to another and trying to get used to living at home because I hadn't lived at home for like six years. So that was really hard. Um, my first day of work came and I woke up and I felt really ill and I just, my mum was like, maybe you've got a stomach bug. Like you can't go in and, you know, you can't go in and look after the kids with a stomach bug. So really embarrassingly, thank God, like my dad sort of knew the manager and stuff, which is how I, I got the job. And my phone in, I was like, I'm really sorry. I was like, I've been quite sick this morning. Like, I just don't feel right. I don't want to come in and like spread anything. And they're like, yeah, yeah, fine. Anyway, so that was like a sickness in the morning um and didn't think any didn't obviously didn't think anything of it and then felt fine the rest of the day so I was like no I don't know what that was like. maybe I was nervous or something and so like it happened the next day and I was like this is really weird and because obviously PCOS like as as some women will know like your periods aren't regular yeah. and I was used to that but I always had them every month but they were just Sort was of it whenever. like 28 days every month sort of thing yeah yeah so um realized that actually with i I'd lost count because of the move was so stressful obviously moving back into my parents was mad so i think i'd lost sort of all recollection of like when my last period was so um <laughs> so i didn't want to say anything to anyone because I, I just thought people are going to think i've moved home because i'm pregnant you know, so I didn't let anyone know that I thought I had this worry, whatever. So I took my advantage. Me and my mum went and did a food shop and um, I quickly ran off down the aisle, got a pregnancy test, sort of hid it from my mum and um, went home. And I think <clears throat> that weekend, I think my partner was coming up to stay with us. So I waited for him for like a couple of days. It was just a killer. I just oh, wanted to do how it. How you the did same that? I don't know. <laughs> But at the same time, at the same time, I just thought, I don't know why you're getting excited because, like, we know yeah. what the outcome's going to yeah, be. Yeah, I bet you were just thinking so, it's not going to... Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, he came up, we did the test, and it was, like, quite... Uh, was it, like, um, the three to... Three plus weeks or something oh like that. Oh, my gosh. So, I knew it... Yeah. So, like, I... So, I must have, like, gotten pregnant, like, after we'd come back from holiday because we went away for my birthday. So, I must have gotten pregnant, like, early October. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So yeah, so that was. Oh my goodness! Um, yeah. How did? So it was just such. Sorry, go on. Uh, no, it was just such a strange, like surreal, because we had had so much stress. You know what the people say, like, don't stress. Yeah, don't worry about it. Help. it won't help. And it couldn't. 
and it couldn't have been any more stressful if we tried at the time so yeah oh so my he was God, like my little miracle amazing. baby and when it yeah. when you first sort of had the positive test were you instantly like super excited or were you still quite anxious about things or um very anxious um so much so that um we pretty much told because I think my parents were away that weekend when you came out I can't really remember but um I remember wanting to keep it from my mum because I didn't want to stress my mum out that I just moved home so I felt sort of really bad in that respect but I did tell her straight away I was like look I, I sat my mum we sat mum and dad down and we told them um, had they known you'd been going just... to see fertility specialists and you'd been trying? Yeah, they had. They they sort of they sort of knew, but I never went into too much detail because again, I'm quite a private person, um, and yeah, I just sort of they 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 knew we were struggling. I think, mm-hmm. but I just never used to go into depth about it. I've always put on like a sort of like a stronger front and just gone with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So yeah, that was that is so amazing. Bless you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and obviously I was. I think I was high risk for that because um, I ended up developing like diabetes in my pregnancy. So did um, you know? So you've got your positive pregnancy test. Did you know what to do next? Yeah. Sort of who to contact? How to sort of see a um, midwife or yeah, anything like so that? Yeah. So I just. I think. I, yeah, I think I contacted the GP first. And then obviously they sort of um, part onto their like local midwives and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. Um, I just did your usual sort of like first appointment bloods and things like that. Like I think when they book you in, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, did so you see did the that. same midwife every appointment, or is it a different group of midwives that you see each time? Um. I think it was back then it was different it was always a different um antenatal um, antenatal, um maternity uh, doctor or something mm-hmm. so yeah um and then obviously I was consultant led so they did what they did up until a certain point and then they I was consultant led after that so all my hospital appointments were obviously at the big hospital <laughs> not at the GP surgery anymore yeah. um so yeah that's and so how how were you feeling obviously you said you felt sick um before you took your test other than that for your first trimester first trimester and your second how were you feeling um fine I don't think I I literally had no idea other than when the sickness and even when the first day I was sick like I said I just thought I, I was just feeling unwell so I really didn't have anything too horrific oh, so good <laughs> um yeah, because after that first bout of like sickness in the morning, I was absolutely fine. So I, I was thinking to myself like, "Oh, I'm a, I've made like a I should I go to work?" You know. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, no, nothing, nothing too crazy with him. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so. And then, yeah. sorry, did you say you had um, gestational diabetes? Yeah. And so when did yeah. did that get diagnosed? What sort of um, flagged that up? um obviously I think it's routine I think it's routinely done for everyone I'm not 100% sure Mm -hmm. um but I can't remember how far I was I think I was like between 16 and 18 weeks and obviously um having a raised BMI they just thought they'd check it Mm -hmm. so I had to go down to the GP where they mix up this horrible 
gloopy. I've heard about this. Sort of like, mm-hmm. oh, cloudy water. Apparently, back in the day, they used to give you Lucozade. That'd be nice. I mean, I'm not a fan of Lucozade anyway, but, I mean, I would have preferred yeah. that. Because it's literally like a sachet of powder they put in it, and it's absolutely horrendous. Oh. And I think at that point, my my um, sort of morning sickness had sort of stepped up a gear. Oh, and it was, gosh. did I have to, I think I had to fast as well. I think you do, so yeah. I'd, you I'd fast, you do the yeah. drink, then you have to wait an hour or two. Yeah, so I'd fasted. So I'd gone down there early in the morning. And I'm not really a morning person anyway, for food and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So, so obviously, and they sent me back, they took my bloods first, sent me back out into the waiting room with this large like pint plastic cup oh, wow! and they you've only got like 15 minutes to drink it or something which I thought that's plenty of time but actually it, it just wasn't enough <laughs> I was yeah <sighs> so I remember trying to like I took out the time I was thinking you've got to do this got to do this anyway it all went wrong and in the waiting room oh my gosh no yeah so it wasn't pleasant he threw it up and obviously, bless you yeah yeah and so obviously like there's people in the waiting room and i just thought great this is this is not oh no not ideal so did they make you drink so it obviously... again after no so what they say. do they make you come back like the week after mm. so i went back again the week after and i managed to just about hold it down at that point oh gosh bless you so yeah so um uh, I think they let you know, like, within a few days, like a week, maybe, that if you've got it or not. Um, so they picked it up and they just said, um, we'll t- try and, like, switch up your diet. So, obviously, mm-hmm. everything wholemeal. Um, and they give you the whole leaflet in, like, you know, like, you don't know how to eat healthy sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we did that. And I did that for a couple of weeks. And then, obviously, as I learned in my other pregnancies, that it's actually nothing... Obviously, what you eat is, like, a, a huge part of it, but the other half of it is all your hormones. Mm-hmm. So even if I had... I was getting scared to eat. So... Because um, I was checking my blood levels, like, three, four times a day. So my fingers were so sore. Oh, bless you. Did you have any, like, um, symptoms of it? Or is it just... Like, did you feel no. any type of... Okay. Yeah, literally nothing. Um, so... Yeah, so then after that, I think they put me on metformin tablets, which are just savage on your stomach because they're, they're just awful. And my dad has diabetes, so I've, I've always known that my dad has had metformin. Um, so, yeah, I knew that I, he did say to me that they could upset your stomach, and they did. So, <laughs> but you do eventually get used to them. So, um, yeah, so I was on that, and I don't think I was on insulin in that, in that pregnancy. Okay. Yeah. And so, you, so the metamorphin sort of kept it under control for you? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. And trying not to eat much, really, even though you're supposed to. It was just such a tricky... God, and you're, I was starving when I was pregnant all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't, I wasn't. I had a lot of... Um, actually, I think with my, with my son, compared to the other pregnancies, was actually a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you know, you do, you're just peckish and you just want things that you know you shouldn't have. You know, I really, I took the mick a lot with my pregnancy as well. I was like, (laughs) "Look, I've got this growing bump. Like, now is the time to just really go for it." Yeah, yeah, that's how I felt. So that is so unfair that you didn't get to do that. I'm just so sorry. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I wanted all, I wanted all the pastas, all the, you know, all of that, all the pizza, all the chocolate. Bless you. So, um, that was under control. So, did you know where you wanted to birth? 
Um, I had no choice. Oh, of course, because you're high risk. So straight to the hospital. Yeah, so straight to the yeah, straight to the um, delivery suite, and um, I did want a water birth, and but they just said, you know, you're you're too high risk. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to be induced with um, with Tyo two weeks early, I think it was. Okay, thirty eight weeks. Just because obviously, yeah. So obviously, they monitor the growth of baby because of um the diabetes can make baby big. yeah i think that's the concern um, isn't it that the baby would be too yeah big. and they said to me that he was a big baby and actually when he was born he was just he was like dead on eight pound i think so oh, like, that's a great way average mm. yeah he was just he was absolutely fine mm-hmm. um but they they just scare you into it yeah. really they give you the statistics um, and yeah have we got I think a little one's trying to get in. They, they're welcome yeah. to come and join if they come in, don't worry. Um, um, the office chair is right up against the door, so they can't come in anyway. <laughs> they're locked out. Yeah. Amazing. So um, what did they do induction-wise? Did they sort of insert a pessary or where did it start? Yeah, so um, they, I think it was the pessary to begin with, which, oh gosh, even... The one thing it sounds like in my, is the examination. Mm-hmm. It was just brutal. I remember it feeling so painful. And obviously you lose all your dignity as soon as you... Oh, yeah, absolutely. They don't like, care. Completely out the window. And so anyway, yeah, no, the, the pessary first. And I think I felt sort of like odd aches and pains within like maybe two or three hours into it. And then it stopped everything just there was no pain no nothing oh, no. um so then I can't really remember did they put me on the drip I think I had a drip put in overnight and why do they always do these things like such a silly time at night as well you just think I just want to get sleep yeah. and you're trying to put these things in now yeah. so yeah so anyway they did the drip and they said this will really ramp things up. up yeah yeah so you probably won't get much sleep yeah like and... can't we do this at seven o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah so and I think they did it at something like two o'clock in the morning I just thought this is and I was already feeling like bothered because you know you don't know what to expect with your first baby and poked and podded and whatever Mm. so um I managed to sleep through the whole thing oh brilliant and um it didn't do anything oh my gosh it didn't do anything yeah and I think after that they tried like the balloon method um, I don't remember that doing too much either. Mm-hmm. So I had been in, I think I'd gone in on the Wednesday and it was near enough the end of the week. And I just said like, I'm just, I'm touched out. I don't want any more done. Yeah. Um, and they were checking his heart rate. And I think his heart rate was sort of like up and down. It wasn't like anything major. Um, so yeah, I just thought, no, let's just do C-section. Okay, brilliant. Which is what they did say anyway, but. I was trying to. I wanted to experience birth, so yeah, but it just wasn't meant to be. And I guess that you've yeah. you've done you've tried all these different methods to induce, and it, if your body doesn't want to go just yet, then mm. um, yeah, the, I guess it must get to a point where you think, look, let's just cut to this because this is exhausting. Yeah, I haven't slept for ages. I imagine. Yeah, well, that's it. And um, I was just yeah, like I said, I was touched out. Um, I have really bad veins and um so it being poked and prodded was just a lot mm-hmm. and I would just thought let's just let's just go with the with the big you know big c-section yeah. let's get him out I was just ready to meet him at that stage yeah I bet bless you um so 
agreed a C-section. How was that experience for you? Were you taken down and given sort of a um, epidural or? Yes, yeah. So um, they took me down and again, being, having a high BMI, um, they sort of tell you about all the horrible risks that could happen, which is like, obviously does put the fear of God into you. Like you, you wonder whether you've made the right decision. So um, luckily enough, my mum actually used to work in that hospital. So the anaesthetist, my mum knew because she'd worked with him quite a few times. Oh, that's so nice. So yeah. Was your mum there so for the birth? Was, um, I had my partner and my mum. Mm-hmm. So they were sort of like taking turns or they were both with me or oh, lovely. You know. Yeah, so that was good. Um, but no, he, the experience was really good, I guess. The anesthetist was amazing compared to like the others that I've had. Okay. He he got it in, I think it was like straight in the first attempt. Um, you know, you have to like crouch over the couch and do all of that, mm. which I was terrified for needles to be put in my spine, but it all went really well. Um, that c-section um yeah and so um did they put him on your chest or did they have to did he come out crying how was that experience um I don't think I think he might have you don't think he came up screaming straight away from what I can remember um and unfortunately I always have that really really horrible side effect of um Mm of like anesthetics I was just shaking yeah. so so bad I was scared to hold yeah, him that I have heard that so um, much yeah um and it was just uncontrollable like I, I it was so bad I just like if I, I I'm just petrified of yeah, I'm gonna of drop him. Hurting yeah. him you know I'll drop him so um I'd I'd had him so they oh, yeah so they sort of like stitched me up and everything which didn't in hindsight compared to my others didn't seem to take so long so um, I was wheeled around in, uh, to recovery after and I we had skin on skin like as soon as I could feel like I could hold oh, him. Good. That's what that's what I did. So, um, yeah. Was he with your baby. partner <laughs> when you sort of needed a minute and getting sewn up and everything? Yeah. Um, so obviously dad went over to hold, yeah, hold him, check on him um, and things like that. It's, it's so funny because... Like you sort of remember it, but at the same time there was like so much going on, and you're so like out of it <laughs> and exhausted. You know, and so I was tired. anyway. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and so I think everyone reacts differently to like anaesthetic. Oh, absolutely. Like Some people they're fine, and, yeah. and loads of people I do hear sort of think it can make you feel really sick and give you the shakes and just make you feel really unwell. Yeah. Um, but I'm yeah. glad you got that skin to skin afterwards. Yeah, that was it. Was it was like magic because we'd we'd had a scare with him as well. I had like a, a quite a bad bleed, so I was sort of put on bed rest. Mm-hmm. How um, many weeks were you? Quite a long time after that. I think I was. I want to say like twenty one, twenty two weeks. Oh wow! Do they know what caused the bleed? No, no. I'm not sure. Like if um, I'd had a. I don't know if like if it was a cyst mm-hmm. or anything. Again, that whole little story alone was awful because we my mum bless her heart she just wanted me to lay flat on the bed when it happened and not to move and obviously we called we called like the um, the numbers that you get on your notes and stuff like that and my mum was just like laying me down kept checking me kept checking me and we phoned an ambulance 
they didn't take it as like an emergency so I think they didn't get to me for like four or five hours oh my god obviously my mum yeah and obviously my mum didn't want to move me at all um so when the ambulance did come um the bleeding had sort of like slowed down and they just said obviously we they we, we were told to kept like sorry we were told to keep like the tissues and towels that we'd use so they could Major sort of blood. see the amount of mm-hmm. yeah so yeah they came they just said yeah it probably it's probably going to be a miscarriage but don't you know don't worry these things happen my wife has had one oh my so matter of fact yeah oh yeah and obviously I just thought well that's it for me like he, for me he was my miracle well, you've baby you've been waiting so long for him. this pregnancy yeah and I just thought it's, I kept telling my mom I was like sobbing I was like it's not gonna happen for me again um you know you just it's such a horrific oh, awful. yeah but anyway they sent us up to like the early pregnancy unit and um again their bedside manner was terrible so much so we had to put a complaint in um obviously there was a few other women in there in there with yeah and there was other women in there that obviously we all sort of know the reason why we're there Mm. and there was a I remember sort of a young girl and she was by herself just crying and they just put her they didn't put her in a side room or anything and it was just yeah it was horrible it's really really yeah really poor quality of care bless you and did you find it hard to enjoy the rest of your pregnancy after after that yeah yeah i did um you find yourself every time you go to the toilet or check you know in. just check in mm. all the time and obviously being put on rest and i think it was literally like a week or two weeks for my sister's hendu and we were all going to um we we're going on like a little mini cruise and we were going to like amsterdam and all those sort of places along there mm-hmm. and i nearly didn't go to that i did i did go but i just so sort scared. of held back from yeah yeah and um because I just thought, like, at this point, what's meant to be will be, mm-hmm. sort of. But thank God everything. I don't know. I'm so glad everything was okay. Yeah. How was yeah. your first four weeks then, being a new mum and your gorgeous little boy? Yeah, um, amazing, really. I mean, he had quite bad jaundice. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of, like, um, of the um, midwives and stuff doing home visits for me and checking his levels and luckily enough we didn't have to get readmitted because they were talking about putting them on like I think they call it like the is it the billy machine or something yeah and I it's think like so a blue light. Mm-hmm. yeah so um luckily he 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 was fine oh, um, but he was a summer baby so I just made sure I followed what they're saying like feeding him loads flushing out of his system mm-hmm. getting him out into like you know fresh air a bit of, a bit of sunlight now and again and luckily enough he was fine oh so, so. good and yeah then... no it was just it was lovely the only thing I regret is obviously I was living with my mum at the time so and I understand they were all so excited but she invited like my grandparents mm. to the <laughs> and it's intense I was trying to breastfeed and I also felt really like um you might not want to do that uh, in front of your grandparents or anyone exactly exactly <laughs> yeah and obviously recovering from a c-section because I think I think I ended up getting an infection. Mm-hmm. So I was feeling really like grotty as well. Mm-hmm. And it was just a lot. And there was just constant people around. And I just didn't get that that time to just take it up and take relax. it all in. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, other than that, it was just, yeah, a dream. I couldn't believe he was here. <laughs> and did he take well to breastfeeding? Did How did you find that? 
really difficult um it's so hard and, and, isn't it yeah so so difficult and I think being my first pregnancy and nobody really told me about like colostrum and things like that um so I didn't harvest any mm -hmm. and um I didn't really get that much help with um breastfeeding from my local midwife I didn't really get that support mm. Um, and I felt really pressured into it, obviously being first baby, wasn't expecting necessarily to have any more and I really wanted to do it. Um, and my mum was quite, um, I love my mum to bits, I love her, but she was quite pushy oh, in that respect. Did she breastfeed you? Yeah, mm -hmm. so she breast, I've got brothers and sisters, she's breastfed all of us mm -hmm. for like as long as she could, she could, I guess. Um, and she's very like pro boob, yeah. which is amazing, like I'm, I'm pro at this point, I'm pro however Fed your baby's baby. having to feed. Yeah. Fed baby. I agree. Um, but I did find her very pushy, as much as I, I love my mum to bits, but she was very pushy, mm -hmm. which then put... Um, Just this pressure. A and... lot more pressure on me. Yeah, of course. And, yeah, and he just didn't take to it easily. So I was combined feeding for a while, and in the end, I just thought, I've just got to make myself happy and him happy. So we did formula. Amazing. I, I think, think whatever think, works for you. I think we managed about four, I think we managed about four weeks. And that's amazing. Yeah. Um, it so. is, I think it's the most underestimated thing when it comes to pregnancy and birth mm. and being like, it's so tough. Um, and you're so, yeah. you're the only one that can feed the baby and you're exhausted. Um, so yeah. well done for, you know, just sticking to what was best for you and you have to do what's right yeah. for you. Yeah, because I mean, I did. I used to cry over it because oh, you just think it's your like he was so so precious to me, and you just feel like a failure. You feel so like, guilty and yeah, but yeah, um, I was actually fed. And also, and my, also my brothers and sisters have been formed yeah. fed, and we've turned out okay. I suppose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so well, that's it. As, as long as baby's fed, mm. I mean, what more can you exactly? Hunt, yeah. I can't agree more. Um, yeah. so I know there are a few births we need to get to, so just for, because of time, let's, um, move on from your lovely son. And so yeah. when did you feel ready to have another baby or was, um, your next pregnancy a surprise? So <clears throat> I think it's so weird because with all of my babies, I've always <laughs> felt like, oh, I'm going to have another one like straight away. Even though they've always, I've had quite like traumatic times. I've I've always known ready and I'll be ready to. to go again. That's amazing. Yeah, nothing nothing really put me off to be honest. Um, so I think it was like we were just. Try, I think we'd given ourselves like a year to. I think two years before possibly trying again. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think was this during lockdown or like the beginning of just just before all that sort of started to happen mm -hmm. with lockdown um found out we were living in london at the time and we were with my other half's parents and yeah found out i was pregnant there amazing um, had it taken a while this we, time because i think sometimes they say no. you're more fertile after your first baby 
Well, that's I. I used to when people used to say that to me, I used to think, oh, whatever. But it's that's true. <laughs> that's really true. Yeah, it's really true. Because um, you just think, because you just tried so hard. I know you so can't think before. this can't possibly just happen. Yeah. Me, yeah. And then obviously, I always knew I wanted to give him like siblings, and then I heard of like secondary in- infertility, which is really common. Hmm. So I thought, well, if I struggled, yeah, a lot of people find it quite easy to get pregnant the first time but sometimes harder the second time oh okay and I just yeah because I've literally done so much reading up on I think I have like, heard that actually like the first time they literally yeah. got pregnant in the first month and they expect it to happen again the second time and then they're like yeah. why isn't this happening it was so easy first yeah. time yeah hmm. so me being me like I research into every tiny I think that's great <laughs> bit of information hmm. and I just but at the same it's good and but at the same time I think oh my god that's me that's me so then I get it I get sort of like, it's like googling, worried about googling, stuff, anxious. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so we thought at the year and a half, two year mark that we'd sort of try again. Um, ended up falling pregnant and again kept it because it was very kept it quiet because it was very early. Did the whole thing where I contact um, the GP and all of that, mm-hmm. and obviously this time it was in London, so it was all a little bit different to what I was used to. Mm-hmm. Um, how were you feeling were you feeling poorly at all like sick yeah so I had sickness again um and it was very much like tired pregnancy so it wasn't like overboard it wasn't too much Um, and then yeah yeah and everything was sort of normal um in fact I I was expecting to feel a bit more sick than I than I did but it was really smooth and then um Sorry, I'm just trying to like. That's okay. It's such Take a busy time. time. Um, so I think did I go back home? I think I came back home to my mum and dad's because we were sort of like in between places at the time, mm-hmm. and went back to being seen under the GPs at my mum's, which I felt more comfortable with because I sort of like knew everything, and we're going. Going for my, I had been for my scan, was it my 12? Yeah, no, I'd been for my 12 week scan. Um, everything was fine. Um, no cause for concern, nothing. Mm-hmm. And then I think I went for, I can't remember which one you go for after that. The 20 week scan. 20 week scan. So I went to the 20 week scan and obviously COVID time. So I wasn't allowed anyone in with me to have the scan. So I was all by myself and um, I think, I can't remember if I had my partner outside with me or my mum. It was usually, somebody was always with me anyway. And um, I had a gentleman do it this time. And I'd usually been used to seeing the same lady. So I was a little bit sort of like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he took a long time scanning me. And baby was in like a funny position. So he said to me, oh, we might be able to find out the sex thing. Would you like to know? And I said, oh, I was like, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I just couldn't wait. Mm. And um, he said, well, I tell you what, get up, go for a wander, see if we can move baby. And hopefully we should be able to see what we need to see. So I got all excited, went out into the hall, met my partner. And I was like, this is exciting. He might be able to tell us what we're having today. Like, do, is that, should we do that mm. sort of thing? Um, so I wandered around for like half an hour. I went back and... Um, he was taking quite a long time again and it just felt like the, like the silence was just like deafening like it was really hard did you start to think then i hope nothing's wrong or were you starting to worry 
or were you just yeah he was just so in a I was funny position well because yeah like because he had told me about possibly finding the sex and stuff like that like just sounds you super positive. take from mm-hmm. yeah you take from that that he's positive or nothing but he was just not really saying much and he just said he, he just stopped scanning me and he was like oh we're gonna have to refer you to fetal medicine in oxford and i was just like oh like what's happened sort of thing mm. and he said oh there's um there's like a bit more fluid around baby's brain than, than, than what we'd like um so at that point i was already absolutely like devastated panicking really in my head panicking and um had he had a went... heartbeat and everything at this stage yeah heartbeat okay. was heart was brilliant everything was like really good um it was just this he was worried about this um extra fluid around baby's brain so but didn't obviously it couldn't tell me what he thought it was he said it might go you know but i just still need to refer you so so that was and i think actually i think i was past 20 weeks because i think i'd missed an appointment or something yeah i think it's like around 20 weeks it's not specific yeah yeah i think i was like maybe 20 nearly 22 weeks um no, I couldn't have been. No, maybe 21 weeks. Anyway, so after that, it just feels like a massive blur, to be honest. It just... So, obviously, you get referred straight away. I think I was seen, like, two days after. Mm-hmm. And they get you in and they do all their, like, specialist scans and tests and things. Like, I didn't even know there was such a thing as, like, a fetal medicine. So, yeah, so we were given... A diagnosis, I think, which which was what they thought was wrong with baby, and um, uh, it was just basically this, the the fluid on the brain was just getting more and more, like increasing, just increasing, and they said, you know, um, he might not survive the pregnancy, or you know, if he is born. Um, he could be blind, he could have really severe seizures, um, just a whole list of things that like, just scare you, you know, just, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just a lot at that time. Sorry, I'm trying to... No, it's absolutely fine. We can take a minute. Yeah. Um, it's just so like, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Um, and it was just, they were, um, I can't remember what the, the test is called, but they were offering like the one where they put the needle in your stomach. Mm-hmm. I can't really remember I think remember it goes through called. to the baby to sort of get more genetic yeah, but then, cells but, from them. But then obviously that's, there's like a massive risk in that yeah. as well. Like, you know, you can miscarry and I mean, literally he was other than having this like fluid on his brain, which I was, and we'd done really a lot of research on it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it could get better sometimes it couldn't and in this case it just wasn't so um and i could have and he, he i i even could have gone into to um to birth naturally with him just at any point because mm-hmm. it was just because obviously he was poorly so um i say it's a decision but it wasn't really a decision we we had to have him mm-hmm. really early um but yeah nobody said that he would survive um being born so they even offered me a really um i think it was another injection that stops his heartbeat 
and I just couldn't do that. I couldn't do it. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's an awkward um, decision to be asked to make. Yeah, but um, I couldn't do that. There's no way that I could do mm. that. And when they said that he may or may not survive birth, um, I don't know. I just think, yeah, sorry. It's, it's it was okay. yeah. Good time, honestly. Um, so it feels like I'm rambling on. You're I feel not like at I'm all. Not getting, like... You're not at all. You're not at all. Um, so um, I was booked in to like take some tablets. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and were you going sort for? Of start... Were you were you having a C-section again, or were you gonna go vaginally? Um, I was gonna try and do vaginally. Okay. Um, I'd even like researched at the time, like um, I think they call it like V back. That's it, yeah. Yeah, vaginal birth. So I was, yeah. So I was willing to do like obviously um, before we knew there was complications, but um, obviously because I was so far gone, there was no nothing they could do to help me. If that makes sense, so. Yeah, so obviously I don't like the word termination mm-hmm. because that sounds like a choice. To to me, yeah, mm. and it definitely wasn't. No. Um and it was for like my health as well as like he was so poorly. So poorly. Um so yeah, there's T T F M R. So term termination for medical reasons. Um but it's never a choice. No it's never a choice um and the guilt and the pain you feel like I can't even begin to explain like we're three years on now yeah and um I've gone on and I've had beautiful healthy children and I still mourn for him every single day of course of course every day um but I think I think people think oh you're happy now because it's I still sometimes I feel guilty but I still feel like there's a huge part of me missing I think that's absolutely normal and you shouldn't feel guilty for that just you've got four beautiful amazing healthy children but you actually have five yes Um, yeah I'll always have five kids five you know Mm. but um again so that was so I ended up being induced with him and how many weeks were you Um, then so I think I was like, yeah, 24, 25 weeks. Okay. Um, and yeah, that was like obviously COVID times as well. So I had to go by myself. Oh my gosh, your partner wasn't allowed with you. Yeah, no, nobody was allowed. And until they'd actually, I think until you were like so far yeah. dilated mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so, and I remember just even getting into the hospital and I just had a huge panic attack. And because at the time, obviously, um, there was like people on COVID wards, they'd moved a lot of them, like where I knew to, where I knew to go mm. would all be moved around. So, and it was, I remember it being so busy and I just remember having a, like, I'd, I've never really suffered with panic attacks, but that was like my first ever one. Mm. And um, I was literally just having a breakdown in the hall and everyone was just like walking past me. And um, this one lady walked past me and like I said, my mum used to work there. And um, she recognised me and she was like, oh, you're on 
Nikki's daughter and da, da, da. nobody knew what was going on and I, I couldn't even tell her where I needed to go mm-hmm. really like properly but I managed to sort of say and she ended up taking me um to where I needed to go and then yeah I went in by myself I was in there for a good few hours and then they I think did they let my partner in yeah they let my partner in at a certain point and I was in there for quite a long time. I think I was in there for like two or three days because it was just very, like I said, my body obviously doesn't like to be induced because mm. it just wasn't, nothing much was happening. And then, yeah, I, I think, I can't remember. He was just born. Sorry, I've got really bad brain fog with absolutely. it. Absolutely, um, that's, that's totally normal and absolutely okay. Yeah. Um, and then I remember obviously going through pushing, pushing, and feeling like I needed to push and I remember I called one of the doctors in and they examined me and they were like no 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 no, you're not you're not you're nowhere near ready yet like you've got a good hour two hours until we until he's here and I obviously it's the first time I've actually given birth so I I didn't really know what my body was doing but I knew that I needed to push Mm -hmm, that feeling um yeah and I had to get to eight centimeters with him Mm -hmm. so you know you have to be like what 10 to be fully dilated so Mm -hmm. yeah so like eight to ten there's not like a huge difference yeah. really is there no. so um and I did it they they promised me a like a morphine pump mm-hmm. I wasn't given one of those I think I took paracetamol I think that might have been it oh my gosh but um anyway so they checked me and they left the room and then within about 10 minutes I had him by myself oh my goodness yeah yeah after me like literally begging them like I was like please can someone stay because I feel like something's like happening. The, the whole, yeah, I feel like something's happening. And um, obviously my partner was with me, but he was petrified. Like he was oh my God, of course. so scared. And when, that, and when your son was born, he will have needed medical attention immediately. Yeah. And I know this sounds like really black and white, but he was literally laying between my legs for like, what it felt like forever mm-hmm. before anyone came in because I was too scared it's terrifying isn't it to move him yeah. yeah so I literally felt him like between my legs um f- f- which what felt like forever until somebody came in it's really poor because and then obviously... everyone knows um sort of how dilated you are isn't really an indicator of how far progress because you yeah. can go from two centimeters to ten in a matter of minutes as well um yeah and it just happened it just it honestly it happened so quickly mm-hmm. um it's like a big build up to it and I just thought this is uh, and obviously being scared to give birth I was scared because mm-hmm. obviously he hadn't done it mm, before. of course um so yeah it happened so quickly but yeah they just left me by myself basically oh I'm so sorry you should have been so supported in that moment and yeah. your son and yeah um and I just at the the whole time I just wasn't really thinking about myself. I was thinking about my partner because like he was so traumatized and he was like scared to see baby. Yeah. Um, so even though he was in the room with me, he was like to the side of me cause he was like scared. So I didn't, so even though he was there, I was still like by myself doing yeah. it. Um, so anyway, they came in. Yeah, and you're almost and... probably trying to shelter your partner from it as well because you I know was, that he's was, really because... ups- like anxious and upset. Yeah, and he did say to me, like, I'm not sure 
if I'm ready or if I want to see yeah. a baby, you know, and, and I get everyone's completely different mm. and I respect, I did respect his, you know, his choice. Um, I bet you almost had yeah, this motherly just... instinct though, like it's my child. Um... Yeah, yeah. So anyway, they came in and were obviously examining the whole, sorting um, little one out. Um, we named him Luca, so That's gorgeous he's, name. he's Luca. Um, and he was he, he was breathing, so um, they weren't actually sure. What, I think because I was in so much shock, I was like, I, I was like, I want, I want him, I want yeah, him. Yeah, pass him to Please me. Give him to me. Um, and I remember asking the consultant um, if it, if he was like a boy or a girl. I said, a boy. So um, yeah, no, I, t- I, I just held him, and then he passed away in my arms. So. Oh gosh, I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah. So. And yeah. I bet, although horrific, it was special to have that moment with him um, on your chest. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, and it, and towards the end, I was, you know, during that time, um, they allowed my mum in. So, um, like, my mum came and obviously gave my partner like that time to go get that fresh air and, you know, um, take a breath. So my mum was looking after me. Yeah, and. Um, I also had a retained placenta, so they were trying to like let gravity do its thing. I was sitting up on like on um on like a commode. I was like losing obviously so much blood mm. anyway, because um, that's the other thing. Like again, with going through like um, labour, you're losing a lot of like because. <laughs> Like he was still a fairly like reasonably sized baby. <laughs> he was fully formed baby, but you don't you don't know like especially with not giving birth like you're losing like quite big clots. Mm-hmm. And I'd be scared every time that that would be that was him, but it wasn't. That's just the the sheer amount of like tissue and blood you lose, yeah. um, which actually I never thought would be that mad. Mm. But it, yeah. So anyway, my mum my mum was there, and um, my mum had brought in some things to like put on him like a little hat and um my son has got mu- like muzzies he calls them his muzzies like muzzling like uh, um what they called um you know like the big sort of ones you wrap them yeah in, like a like muzzling swaddle yeah like a swaddle swaddle so um she brought him one of him in one of those and so we we wrapped him up like a baby like, like a baby um and um I could only spend so much time with him because they rushed me into theatre because obviously the placenta yeah, yeah, they probably had to was, get that out was stuck. Really quick. So I remember having to go get that out and then they put me in recovery and then I started bleeding all over again. So I had to go back into theatre. Oh my gosh. Um, so, and I remember just saying to my mum, don't let them take him no, anywhere. don't let him take I him. I just want, yeah. And I was so time scared. And, before. Yeah, but... Um, I also had like, oh, but even, even, you know, the whole retained percent and the bleeding out. And I just, at that point, I wanted to, I wanted to die with him. Oh, darling, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I just, I just you don't want to leave him. I was, I, mm. No, I was, um, sorry. I was it's okay. really, ang- I was really angry when I, when um, I was in recovery and I'd come round. I was so angry that I'd like, I, I was alive. I just wanted to go with him. 
Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I think you know, as your mo- as a mother, you just want to be with them and stay with them and. Yeah, so I and like that. I know that I had time at home and everything, but um, I couldn't see past. I I think I was I was so angry. Um, I'm like sorry. Oh my god, don't say sorry. And I remember, and I remember coming back onto the um into into the into my room, and um my mum and my partner were there. I couldn't look at anyone. I was just like looking up at the ceiling the whole time. I remember just thinking, why am I here? Like, I just didn't want to be here anymore. Because he just looked, he was an absolutely perfectly looking, like you'd never know there was anything wrong with him. And then obviously you get like the guilt. You just think, oh my God, like, have they given me like the wrong diagnosis? Mm-hmm. Um, it just, yeah, it, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. And then obviously... Um, Did you have time with like, him to... So yeah, did you sort of yeah. say goodbye or yeah so um I spent as much time as I could with him um and then you leave the hospital with a little memorial box is what you leave with when you should be leaving with your baby mm-hmm. um so I had like 100 footprints from him and some other little bits and pieces I mean yeah so that that was really and I just that drive back home I just yeah I think a lot of that there is such a big blur to me um and then you've got to then arrange the funeral and also go home and be a mum which is yeah so full-on yeah yeah it was I mean like I said he was such a Ty's always been such a good boy Mm -hmm. he's been amazing and um, obviously, I was at my mum and dad's at the time, so my mum and dad, I couldn't, like, but they I just felt like I owe them. Oh, amazing. Yeah, they were just absolutely amazing. I had all my family around me and obviously I had my partner as well. Um, but I couldn't have got through it, really, without my mum in oh, particular. I'm so glad you so, had them. Yeah, so um, they helped me um, organise the funeral and everything, so... Yeah. Were you offered so any it, um, sort of um, counselling or anything to help no, with grief? Nothing. I didn't even have like you know you're supposed to have like your your checkup that you do mm-hmm. normally your antenatal checkup. Yeah. And I was I wasn't offered that. I wasn't sent in any direction of where to get help. Um. So my mum was helping me look for help. Um. And we found Sam's, and Sam's actually didn't really helped me oh. that much to be honest what are sans sorry I, I haven't heard of them sans are a charity that um help with various different losses so anything from like miscarriage is stillborn mm-hmm. like everything you can imagine okay. they yeah so we actually looked for them for help we didn't get sort of much help from them um so like a month or so, i say a month i i didn't really get help for quite a, like maybe a month or so after and I went to my GP and I just said listen like I was having night terrors um kept thinking of like the worst things I I didn't want to be here anymore mm. um and my son was um in the next bedroom down the hall and I was having dreams that there was like fires in the house I couldn't get to him like all these horrible things were going on in my head mm-hmm. um you I didn't realize that I was 
yeah and um I was suffering from PTSD mm-hmm. um and so I went obviously to the GPs um they helped me with like medication like antidepressants okay. um, which I help? still take now took up quite a while to kick in okay. I think again um they've got to find out what level is is right for you yeah. um and um and then they they um said about a charity called petals okay. which we'd never heard of before and they are really amazing oh wow I had my counselor um her name was Lynette and she was just like obviously but during COVID times we did you know um over the phone like teams and stuff mm-hmm. um but she was absolutely amazing oh my that's so and good that you had that so support. much so yeah absolutely incredible and um it's like free as well obviously charity organization and she helped me through like some of the darkest times and she even looked after me when I found out I was pregnant with the twins. Oh, wow. She even, yeah, she, because... What an amazing um, I think charity. You're, yeah, because I think you're only funded for so many... It's so essential because... Yeah. The, the, PT, the depression that it will be included in all of those things is just... Yeah, yeah. And you've also got a child um, at home to care for. Like, yeah. That must be so... I can't even yeah. imagine. So I'm so glad that I'll make sure that we link all yeah. of these charities in the description for anyone oh, else who they, might need honestly, them. Honestly, I could not. Yeah, they were honestly, and it was Lynette, and she was just literally like my savior. She was amazing. It was like talking to a family member. Yeah. That's that's how lovely she was. Um, and there was never any judgment. And if I felt really bad, and I didn't want to say to my mum because I was scared to worry my mum. Mm-hmm. I could always Turned confide her. in her, and it was yeah, brilliant. Um, so yeah, so we're three years post losing Luca, and um, obviously I've gone on to have three more little cherubs <laughs> since him, and um, yeah, two um, two different um, difficult pregnancies with the twins and Isla I think my youngest Isla was I don't know I was in hospital probably more with her than I was my twins so what um sorry I hate to sort of move on um I do want to just say thank you so much for sharing that and I appreciate it so much and so many other women will um feel heard and seen in what you've said so I really really appreciate it thank you um and I'm so sorry that you had to deal with that and um yeah, I'm so I sorry. I only just feel ready to talk about Christ. it now, and it's like three years on. It's taken me. I didn't tell anyone for a long time. So, <laughs> thank you. Honestly, really, we really yeah. appreciate it. Um, so, did you did you feel ready for another? Did you want another baby? I think some people can you can go either way. You still yearn for that baby in your arms, or you're like, I can't do that again. Um, I said I wouldn't do it again. I did say I wouldn't, um, but then at the back of my mind, I was still wanting like that what what I didn't have I guess and obviously always wanting to to have a sibling yeah so I actually found out I was pregnant with the twins six months after I lost him okay um which was so so scary terrifying Um, I can't even imagine because also I think you think 12 weeks we're there it's fine but it's a complete added layer yeah and also they were looking into um 
genetics and stuff yeah, so like that. Yeah, so it's condition genetic? No. Okay. It's just one of those freak things. Um, and it's quite rare, actually. I can't remember the statistics, but it was like one in, it was, it was really rare. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the, the name of what he had. That's okay. If you do remember, we can always uh, put it in the description. Which is really bad. Um, with um, trauma and depression and stuff like that, your brain doesn't, it it doesn't remember. Yes. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so it wasn't genetic. But obviously not not, not having the, the full answer at that point of being pregnant so soon after, I was worried. Of course. I was really worried. So, obviously, I got onto the doctors. They got us in. As soon as they could, I went for my 12 week scan, everything looked great. Um, so when did you find out you were having twins? <laughs> my 12 week scan, um, I was actually with my mum, my mum had come with me. Um, I think my partner was couldn't get out of work. And obviously I needed that reassurance next to me. Yeah, of course, I hadn't, absolutely. Even, even going back in to have the scan. It's such a scary, I was like, probably I was PTSD panicking. just going for those scans. Literally, yeah. So anyway, she was going quiet as well, and I just looked at my mom, and she said, um, and as soon as I just looked at mom, I started crying, because oh, I was thinking, I'm literally reliving this again. And she was like, you do know that there's more than one in here? <laughs> she was like, there's two. And me and my mom just looked at each other, and we just oh, laughed, but we, we were sobbing, like it was the most magical experience. But we were like sobbing, and like the first thing I said to my mom, it's like a gift off. from Luke. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Yeah. Um, it was literally like a gift from Luca. That's like what we both, we were just, I'm happy I shared that moment with my mum, yeah. really. Um, I can't imagine because you know when you're a mum and you just would do anything for your child. So your mother seeing you go through that would have been so hard. So seeing you have twins, like she would have been so happy for you. Yeah, and she was because um, she, sorry for the screaming. Oh, I can barely hear, honestly. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, obviously she, my mum saved my life on one, on one occasion. So for her to like... Get to be there for that is so special between you two. Yeah, yeah. So it was um, amazing, but scary. Yeah, oh yeah. It's then double the worry, isn't it? Yeah. And so, could they tell um, what kind of twins they were from that scan? Yeah, they told us, yeah, they told us straight away. Um, obviously because... Um, I think um, because they had their own individual sacs yeah. and they had that, I was carrying two lots of placentas. Yeah, so it was actually, luckily enough, it was um, a low risk pregnancy with the twins. Um, like one of the lowest risk, because I think if they're identical, it's like there's a chance of more complications. So we said because of like the trauma that I'd been through with um, Luca, I, I I couldn't bring myself to give birth again. Um, I think because of the lack of care, like I said, um, just being sort of left to get on with it, I didn't want to have to go through that again. I mean, I know I wouldn't have gone through that again, but um, so we did C-section um, and they were trying to get me as far along as I could. Um, and obviously I ended up with really bad diabetes again in that pregnancy. Um, and they picked up on that earlier because obviously my past history, they look for it earlier. And, um, yeah, so that was, I think I was born insulin like straight away because it was, yeah, because it was like quite bad. Um, and again, I was like worried to eat and what I was doing and stuff. So I wasn't 
being able to, I wasn't able to like drink and eat a lot, which then towards You're the end so much as well. made me That's, have ketoacidosis. Um, yeah, no, it's okay. Um, yeah, so I, I ended up with ketoacidosis. So what does that mean? Could you, could you give us an explanation being... just of what that is? Yeah, so it's, um, your body just can't regulate okay. the sugars. So um, I think my I think my midwife actually came around and she, as soon as I opened the door to her, she was like, you don't look very well. And I was like, no, I, I'm really not. <laughs> um, but couldn't put my finger on like how I felt. I just felt absolutely horrific. And she checked my blood sugars for me. And a normal range is, I think, I believe from like 5.3 to okay. like 7 or something like that. Um, and mine at that point in time was 23 oh point something. So it was like, yeah, it was really, really bad. Um, I'd also been like oh, vomiting gosh. like blood. Um, but it was like, it was like rust. It was like the most, like basically my whole insides oh, had burnt. So I was in so much pain and I had like back, like really weirdly enough, I had mm -hmm. really bad back pain, which was like burning constantly. So it's just like basically your your body's not coping and like your organs and stuff can get affected mm. and it can be life threatening. So um yeah, so I got ad admitted straight away, um kept in and they were trying to like obviously keep the girls in a bit longer because I think I wasn't oh quite gosh, 33 yeah. weeks at that point. And yeah, so I think I was like one or two days away, but they obviously they just they take it so seriously to try and keep them in yeah, as long as every day as, counts. You know, they can. Yeah, so um but no, they couldn't mm. stabilise me properly and um they just said the girls have got to be oh my got to be born tomorrow, sort of thing. And this was the night before and um I didn't really have time to like get my head around well, there was there was no getting my head mm -hmm. around it because I was just so poorly anyway. Um I was in, it was like, like, sort of oh coma almost because like you just, you're, yeah, like you're in such deep sleep, oh so you goodness. can't come out of them. So I just remember that, like them taking over and my mum, obviously, I'm so lucky that she's NHS and everything. she knows, you know, basic <laughs> things. And she was like, obviously there supporting me and um, yeah, so they rushed, rushed me in and the girls are born and they both were born with um like breathing difficulties because obviously their like lungs we, i was given yeah, steroids to like yeah so they were um, mm -hmm. were given help to breathe um assistance for quite a while i think after they were born and then straight down to scaboo oh, like how special long were they um then in hospital for and how how were you after they were born did did the condition you had sort of ease off fairly quickly once um, the girls were born or it did to be honest because i think that was yeah. the only way of them stabilizing me and mm -hmm. obviously not putting the girls at risk um so i i don't think i saw them like straight away because yes. obviously they were taken down to special baby care i sort of had to regulate myself and yeah. they had to do what they need to do to me and I think I saw yeah. them like later in the evening. They like wheeled me down there. Sure, but that was such um, a surreal experience. So yeah, like, it's being all... so poorly, and then the, the girls so are crazy. Burn. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they were in separate incubators, um, and they were like having to like lay on their yeah. fronts because of their chests and stuff. And 
and How it was scary because they, they were so small and there was like so considering um their you know their birth age um they were not too bad so a male i think was like four pounds mm-hmm. just about four pounds and alana was a bit chunkier she was five five oh, two i think i want to say but still completely piddly obviously yeah. i was used to like an eight pound baby before um so yeah they were so small they were like they just looked like little hairy Aww, rabbits because they were my so daughter fluffy. was born so hairy as well <laughs> um, so sweet oh it's just it's, yeah. it's just the cutest little thing um uh so yeah and they did they were doing really well like i said they were tube fed and we had to like be taught how to like draw their um i think it was like their stomach acid or something to see if it was like the right time to give the milk where you have to like test it against like strips and stuff it was so confusing um and obviously I was still trying to get better myself but I was yeah oh wow so how long it was a lot spend in (laughs) it was about I think it was two I want to say maybe just under two weeks with the girls around two weeks I'd say um so it was it gosh and did you feel ready um, to go home I didn't want to leave them um i mean thank Mm. thank god they were healthy because there was a lot of parents there that you know had very yeah well i was going to see them yeah i was going to see them but for the really poorly babies there are like side rooms that they can stay in overnight because obviously if something was to change because you know how babies no no you don't don't. i mean i'm so lucky that my girls are absolutely fine they were just there because they were so small there was a lot of poorly babies there that were getting you know transferred out to different hospitals and things would change like we saw like crash trolleys come out and stuff like it was actually quite it was scary scary place place to be but in a way I wouldn't want to take up any of the the side bedrooms for for my girls if there was you know so we were going in like twice a day for like long periods sometimes I'd go in in the morning I'd just come home at like eight nine o'clock but also, you know, you know, they're in the absolute best care, and you also yeah. have a son at home to look after, and you are yeah. also recovering from not only um, a really serious condition, but exactly. another cesarean um, section. But you know, I'm so lucky that my parents, like Ty, loves being up at my mum and dad's house, and he he's quite happy so to be good. there. Not if I'm not there or not, it doesn't bother him because he loves <laughs> he loves them so much. Um, so I had so much obviously help and support from my family and um yeah I was getting dropped to the hospital every day and until they were ready to come home but they were home before Christmas Mm. which was like the best thing (laughs) yeah oh that's special and they haven't had any sort of um long longer term impacts from being not really I mean the only thing that we did suffer with um, not long after they came home, actually, was um, oh, what's it called? Um, like you know that horrible bronchitis thing. Oh, I can't think of what it's called. I don't know why I've, my brain's gone too much. RSV, oh, that's the one. Yeah. So our littlest twin had it first. She RSV. was admitted, and she, mm-hmm. yeah. So she was in. And I was in with her whilst my mum was oh, looking after awful, um, Alana, the other twin. And little did I know that Alana had been quite unwell. So my mum had actually been into the hospital one of the nights mm-hmm. that I was in, but I didn't know about it because she couldn't get hold of me. Anyway, cut a long story short, we brought um, Amaya home mm-hmm. when she was better. 
um, the next morning we had an appointment to go to. So we had both the girls in their car seats and um, my partner was carrying Alan down in the car seat and he just so happened to sort of swing it around before he put her in the car. She was completely blue, completely blue. So she had stopped breathing in the car seat. Um, oh so obviously gosh. I'm absolutely petrified. Um, we ring 999, they send two ambulances out for us. Um, I'm performing CPR on her with the help of the um, 999 lady on the phone. And yeah, I gave her CPR oh on the front gosh. car seat. So yeah, so um, that again, again was just absolutely traumatic oh and I know, and she, I was so scared. Luckily, like, like I said, I've worked but in childcare, so I got like a, you sort of remember what you've learned, you know, in your pediatric training. Yeah. So um, I managed to sort of do that until they came, yeah, and then they took training. over. Mm -hmm. And they managed to stabilise her, but by the time we'd left our house and got to, like, we live on, like, um, a big new build development. So by the time we'd got to the, like, to the entrance, she had deteriorated yeah. so we were completely blue lighted all the way to the hospital and she was like in recess and honestly I, there was like 30 doctors around her like it was the most oh horrendous yeah absolutely horrendous and then she was really poorly so absolutely yeah she was terrifying. in for quite a long time so other than that touch wood oh, they've been apps yeah Oh gosh, they're just sassy, independent. Oh, I'm so glad um, they're okay. <laughs> yeah, no, we we well, we did um we did gender reveal, which we hadn't done. <laughs> did you know you were having girls? Like, yeah. So um and obviously after like the trauma of losing Luca and stuff, I just thought oh, I want so to fun. try and enjoy these girls as much as I can. So obviously before I knew there were girls, we went for a private scan, like a three D scan, which I hadn't done before either. Yeah. I just wanted to do everything a bit more. Di I think when you know you go for a loss you just appreciate mm -hmm. yeah so we we did a really special gender reveal and i, I thought maybe one of each because oh, yeah, i thought i've had two boys you know so i thought there's definitely got to be a boy in there but no two girls <laughs> so um mm -hmm. yeah that was amazing um and once we got all over yeah. that like the girls are just Bless you. they're just amazing they're cheeky naughty <laughs> thank you but um yeah they're absolutely amazing so sweet they're very cute oh gosh well and so what's I'm the age gap sure. between the twins it's and the like, youngest oh i haven't even worked it out well i know i think it's, it's well under 20 months well under i think it might be like yeah because the girls weren't even yeah i know crazy oh, um wow. and i found out with twins as no. well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So were you trying to fall pregnant? I know. Surprise. I know. <laughs> How amazing after all the fertility yeah. struggle you had. Um and yeah. you've had I five know. pregnancies. I, I, um, I know. I've always said I'd love to go back and be like wild. Oh, look at me now, good. you know. Amazing. <laughs> they were so wrong. But um yeah, so we found out before yeah, the girls had turned I did. so that was crazy and I was really shocked and worried because I thought obviously being so ill crazy. before <laughs> yeah which and I knew this pregnancy wasn't going to be easy and it wasn't yeah I bet it that was, was quite scary a repeat of 
the pregnancy with the girls with the um yeah the diabetes yeah. and the ketoacidosis i had all of that again um so and i was yeah. i had isla over easter weekend oh, so gosh. i was i think i've been in for over a week and again she they they did like a like a final scan on me mm-hmm. so i went in for a, for a routine scan and they she was measuring huge they were like yeah she's like eight nine pound already at 35 weeks just 35 weeks so um yeah they kept me in and then tried to they tried to do Mm -hmm. they're just monitoring me and then i became more sick with the ketoacidosis so it was literally just like the vomiting blood and stuff again um i wasn't being able to stay hydrated my veins had collapsed so they had to bring out like a scan like a special scanning thing to find my veins yeah so um yeah so it was oh my god so poor. yeah i had an emergency c-section with her so did you end up having a cesarean section with her i I always say emergency i always knew it was going to happen okay but it was just quicker and she was fine she was absolutely fine she was and how was she when she came out (laughs) um yeah she was such a little chubby thing um and a big baby she (laughs) was eight so cute. I want to say eight, ten, or eight, eleven. So she was huge at thirty-five weeks. Um, so we stayed in a bit longer after that. They monitored okay. her her blood sugars because I know that I can affect the baby. Wow. Um, so yeah, we, I think more or less after that we recovered mm-hmm. and I got to go home more at a reasonable time than I did with any of the the other pregnancies. Yeah. Yeah, and then within that C-section, I had my my tubes tied because... such a journey. Yeah, I'm done. I mean, in my heart, in my heart, like, I'm devastated because I'm just like a crazy (laughs) baby woman. But um, they've always said, yeah, they've always said to me, you know, your next pregnancy, (laughs) I, I get so poorly to the point I'm on the brink, you know, so... You get so poorly... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I've just yeah. got. And you've also then. That's have exactly it because I don't want to get to the point where, where something severe actually happens, too. and I'm not around for them. And yeah, exactly. So yeah. um, Isla's my last it's too baby. Big of a risk it's just, at this point. It's flying past so quick. It really is. And we we were moving house the same time, <laughs> the, the same weekend so I had her. Um. Yeah, so it was just it's just been absolutely mental and that initial oh baby has come so quickly for me. Um but she's definitely yeah. she's you know when they said the youngest are spoiled, they definitely are because she's she I spoil her to you know, I just can't put her down. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, so sweet. Oh well I'm I'm so glad you've got yeah. um, your yeah. form. No, I'm, 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 I'm happy to have shared it with you because, like I said, it's taken me a long time to talk yeah. about it. Um, only very close relatives and family knew. Um, yeah. Honestly, thank you for being yeah. so um, honest. Yeah, no, if I can... If so I can yeah, then that's, that's what I can aim relate, to do because it's your such a lonely place. And I feel less alone relate with somebody that's been you know help relate then that's you know 
that's what I'd like to do. Yeah. You too. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Thank you so so oh, much. Oh yeah, no, go for amazing it. Amazing to talk to you, and I'll yeah. have to share some photos of you and your lovely kids on our Instagram page. Yeah, so it's. I'll also um, leave all petals. the links for petals charity. The, um, yeah. Charity you yeah. use that you found so helpful. Lovely. That's fine. Okay. Amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much, um, and we'll speak soon. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Birth Stories podcast. Again, if you have been impacted by these topics, please do contact Petals Charity. They do some really amazing work. Next week, we are speaking to Hannah. She is a mum of two. You will hear about her first birth with her son, which resulted in an emergency C-section under general anaesthetic and the trauma that she was left with from that, to then how she went on to have a beautiful V-back, which she found extremely healing. So thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.